I did. Okay. You press the button, and now... Did you press the button over here? I did. All buttons are pressed. All buttons are pressed. We have multiple... Do you just drop your lemon in the tea? I do. Okay, okay. Is that what you... You just didn't want to do the wrong thing? Yeah. I'm being judged here on how my tea goes. Mm. All right. So we started this uh, recording... One, two, three, uh, make it official. Um, with, uh, we got a cup of tea. We did. And that is more than just an homage of our recording that we put out last week, last week's podcast, uh, because now we, we've added fruit to our tea. <laughs> we have. We have. It's fancy tea now. It is fancy tea. And uh, we really do drink tea a lot. We do. I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't just a, like a one, one off. For recording purposes. No, no, we do. Um, I think we usually have tea while we're recording. Yeah, tea. I've had a fizzy water on occasion, but on occasion. it's often tea. And then oh, even this afternoon, we will host a tea for our dear campus colleagues. Yeah, we are. We are. Uh, mm-hmm. We're hosting a little bit of a, of a uh, meditation sit. Yep. And a little for bit tea. Of, and people can stay for tea or... Come for tea and skip the yeah, anything. You know, any max and mit, uh, mix and match as as one will. Yes. What do you know about the tea you're drinking today? Uh, I like this tea. I've I've had this a long time. Uh, it's an Earl Grey. It's an Earl Grey uh, with lemon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Earl Grey with lemon, and I think my Earl Grey. If you're a Gen Xer like me, my introduction to Earl Grey was the same as many Gen Xers was, which was Jean Luc Picard, mm. the Starship Enterprise, who. <laughs> Drink Earl Grey. Earl Grey, hot, you know. Um, and uh, lemon is the traditional treatment for that. Yeah. It's very good. It feels to me, Earl Grey feels like a rainy day tea. Uh, to me. It fits. Yeah, it, it fits. fits. Yeah, yeah. Um, this particular one that we're drinking comes from um, a company called The Tea Book. Mm. And this is their... Agatha Christie Earl Grey. Christie. Christie, correct. Is that a local situation or no? I think internet it's, situation. It's, yeah, it's an internet situation. Uh, one of my friends sent me a little box of like women's like sort of badass women themed tea. Oh, cool! And so Agatha Christie was one of them. That's awesome. Yeah, which is great because I teach the murder mystery you class. Do. Yeah, you teach murder mystery, so, so that would be good mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, yeah. for sure, absolutely. But, it is a little muggy and not muggy. It's a little gray and foggy outside. Today, so. uh, yesterday was 75 and sunny, beautiful day. And today is very, very different from that mm-hmm. because it's February. And that's how it oftentimes that's goes. That's how it goes. Yes. Right. We don't get the, uh, our expression of global warming and climate change in Northern Virginia is less. Everything getting hotter. It's more of wild swings. Yeah. Wild swings. In, in weather. Hey, speaking of swings. Yeah. We recently talked about... For the record, I have no idea where this is going. I know, I'm excited. (laughs) Um, We recently talked about swinging or pivoting... Oh, we did. The podcast. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Should Um, we talk about that? We can talk about that a little bit. Um, There was one of those those conversations where one does not enter into the conversation lightly, Mm, mm -hmm. you know? and I think what it, what it was is like we've been getting close. We've come up on episode 100, been coming up and coming up on and come up and on. And we did episode 100, and it's like, whew, episode 100, yes, awesome. And it was great, and a great episode it was. Yeah. And then uh, episode 101 was like, yay, episode 101. 
<sighs> yeah, <laughs> so little. You know, we 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 put a lot of uh, time and and energy and uh, burned a lot of neurons right on the run up to episode one hundred. Right, perhaps too many. I don't know. Um, so it was yourself. like we, yeah, well, yeah. I think, yeah, I don't even know if what I'm saying is true. You know, um, but um, you know, after we got through one hundred, it was like this is a good time to. You know, if there's any refreshing to be done, it's not a bad time. Yeah. You know, do a little spring cleaning. Right. See what the see what the house needs. Yeah. You know, do you want to change the curtains? Do we want to? That's that's. It feels a little more like that to me. It wasn't like exhausted. We're done now. Let's move on to something. It was like it's it's coming up on spring. We got a good milestone here. Um, it's a great time. Yeah. What? Uh, sweep the floors, open the windows, clean the carpet, uh, change the drapes. Yeah, a bit of spring cleaning. Yeah. yeah. I like the idea of talking about it as refreshing it. Yeah. Um, it reminds yeah. me a little of what we're doing today with our tea. Yeah. We're adding a little lemon. It's traditional treatment, and lemon is very refreshing. It is. But, like, at, like it's just a little change, but it brings um, brings new life to the tea. It, yeah. It makes you sure. see different elements of what was already there. And it does add freshness to it because I can see that lemon. It is sitting right there in the top of that tea. Yes. Do you normally not leave it in your tea? I don't drink as much Earl Grey as I uh, might like to. Okay. Mostly well, because I don't have lemon around. So it's like I, I don't think I'm going to drink it unless there's lemon. You know? I think that's what's going on. And yeah. I talked last week. Um, I oftentimes use those little real lemon yeah, packs. Yeah. And those are pretty good. That is actual lemon in there. Right. Um, and so, uh, with the, in the absence of lemon, it just doesn't get consumed that much, yeah. much like in the absence of like oat milk or something like that. I don't drink a lot of English breakfast tea because, you know, I, I say that I'm a lot of, uh, I'm, I'm a traditionalist and I don't like a lot of stuff in things. Mm-hmm. Um, in my green tea, I like hot water Yep. in mm-hmm. coffee. I like hot water, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, I don't, I don't do all this kind of stuff. Yeah. But lemon is the traditional treatment here. And as a traditionalist, that's what one would do. Mm. And the same goes for uh, something. Uh, I just love lemon in things. I do, too. I mean, you can put lemon on anything. Um, yeah. Sautéed vegetable, a little broccoli and lemon. Just kind of sauté it for a minute. It's perfect. Uh, it, it's good in everything. Yeah. So we're looking at refreshing. Yeah. Adding a little lemon yeah. to the podcast. Yeah. Did you yeah. want to talk about our what spring looks like on the podcast? Or you just want to leave it there and... Keep them interested. Uh, I don't know. We could go either way. Um, I think what I will say about it is I, I really am thinking about it as what happens when you bring lemon to the tea, right? Like the tea, the tea doesn't change. And in a lot of ways, I don't think we're actually going to do anything that's going to drastically change this. Podcast. I agree. I agree. I the agree. properties have always been there. Yeah. But I think... Um, the lemon, the the refresh, is going to allow us to draw out elements that we haven't let ourselves focus on before. Yeah, that sounds right to and, me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And so previously, like we have been podcasters who apologize for being academics, right? Um, and I think what we're leaning towards is allowing ourselves the space to be academic podcasters. Yeah, I I think that, that is, right? yeah yeah it does and. Um, it's like how many times in the last 103, two, 
three. Three yeah, <laughs> episodes have we say have we said, well, we both teach at a community college, and so our this experience is sort of colored by that a little bit, but and then sort of go on and, and sort of say this thing. Yeah. So it's like, what if what if a, a refresh of the podcast didn't require us to say that first part of that, you know? Um Right. And uh, I mean, most of what we talked about over the first 103 episodes has been, of of course, sort of flavored with the environment of we've been we've been here for 15 years. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, most of our reality is is sort of flavored. I mean, that's the environment that we were steeped in. Right. You know, that's the water in steeped. which our tea was. You know, <laughs> tea was brewed. So, of course, most of our experiences sort of relate to that. So, you know, if you have and of course, that's not to say if you have nothing to do with academics or higher ed or anything like that, um, this whole podcast is completely irrelevant to you. I don't think that's true either. No. There are little gems and nuggets, I hope, you know, in there that apply to anything. This is just how these gems and nuggets sort of apply to us. Right. Right, you know? So there's nothing specific, I think. I mean, we're not going to talk about the best way to use a Scantron reader for to grade a bio test, you know? You would have to start giving bio tests. Yeah, I would have to start giving exams if I did that. So that's clearly um, not what's going to happen. No. The, the best way to use chalk, what the best chalk holders are for chalkboard. I'm, you know, I'm not interested in that no, conversation. No, not at all. Well, so no, I, I'm interested in that conversation, not for a podcast. Right. <laughs> not for a podcast, no. I'm not interested in inflicting that conversation right. on others. Yeah, that's, um, that's a good way to lose listeners. Right, right exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think part of what we've been talking about a lot lately, just the two of us, is the fact that like, we don't really do this siloing thing. No, right? we don't. We don't really um, do the siloing thing. We're not interested in. We're at, this is going to sound terrible. We're not interested in work-life balance. No. Right. We're no. interested in balance. Um, we're interested in life, and we're interested in work. But the unbelievable aspect of life isn't isn't what happens when we stop being academics. Like it's not what happens when we clock out. It's like to go after an unbelievable life, you have to be willing to do it in all aspects of your life. I agree. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, well, I have a good work life balance. So as miserable as my job is uh, when I clock out, uh, I'm just going to leave that behind and go home and be all, all, all wonderful. It's like, I, I I have like nine things that I don't like about that. Yeah. And, And that's like, I'm, I'm going to limit. I'm going to limit what I don't like about that to nine things. There are actually more, you know, a couple of which are. I don't know how to do that. Uh-huh. You know, it's like what is this? In, like internally, it's like I don't know what this. I, I don't know what it means to uh, like. How do you actually? Is there a switch that you flip or, or like <laughs> how? Like it's not like how do I conceptualize? Like how do I? Act, how is that actually done? It's like right. what? Go home and take like a rock back and forth in a hot shower for 10 minutes and then it's like I'm cleansed or, or what? I don't know. Um, I don't know how to do it. No. And um, I knew people who have tried to do that and they have failed. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen somebody really successfully do it where home doesn't bleed over into work and work doesn't actually bleed into home. And we were talking to uh, a higher higher ranking individual at this college lately who mm-hmm. uh, we're working with on a, on a project to be described a little bit later on in more detail, I think. Um, oftentimes, if work-life balance, if you are balanced between work and life, however you want to call it, is not, um, is not resonating or is not, it's not able to do, you actually spend more time at work wishing you were somewhere else like home and you spend more time at home 
thinking about work. Right. So it, it's like it, it actually gets flipped if it, if it gets bad enough. And, yeah. you know, I don't know if bad is the right word, but I'm using it. You know, when, when, thing, when there's enough of an imbalance, it actually gets backwards. And you're, you're, you're working, you're, your mind is at work when you're at home and your mind is at home when you're at work. Right. And yeah. you never actually integrate or unify where you physically are in space and where your heart is at the time and what your head is doing right. in the process. So it's like it fails all around. Well, because you're always longing. Always yeah, you're always wanting to be something else. Yeah. And you, cause, or you're always looking to be somewhere else when you're, when you're at work and you're always worrying about the other thing and therefore there when you're, when you're not there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that I've been thinking a lot about longing lately. And like, what does it mean to long for something? Why do you long for something? Um, but I can see people who are struggling in one or the other aspect of their life. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's their home life is a mess. So they long to get out of there and go to the safety of work or right. vice versa. Right? right. Like that longing. Um, it doesn't like if you're longing for to go home. Right. When you get home and this is kind of what you were just saying, but I'm just going to say it with different words. Great. <laughs> um, when you get home, the longing isn't satisfied by being home because now you can't enjoy being home because you're anticipating yeah. being snatched back out. Right. And so this is where like um, Frank Turner has a song that says this line like Sunday night's a slow surrender. Yeah, and, right, it, and it comes right. from that. And so I want to be able to live a life where I am fully present in every moment that I'm in and free to be fully in that moment. Right. 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 right Not right. like, oh, oh, right. man. you know, Paul, you're kind of nice. But right now, I really wish I was with my cats. Right. That's a thought that someone could have. That is a right? thought <laughs> someone could have. Right. Um like, I want to be able to say, I, makes sense. Yeah. I really enjoy my time with my cats and I really enjoy the time I spend at work. Yeah. Cool. So I get to, because humans, like we, humans need both consistency and variety. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. 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 And so like, you're delightful. But if we were trapped in this room to, together all day, every day for, for a month, I think it, it would might be old. less so. Yeah, yeah, it might be less so. Yeah. Not that you're not delightful, of course, right? Uh, of course, delightful. Not, not delightful. We'd run out of tea quickly, quickly. <laughs> we'd quickly, <laughs> and we'd have to pee really bad. You really know? bad. <laughs> I'm not sure. We solve that problem. But, uh, <laughs> well, we got buckets and things around we here. Have, we have we have plenty of food to eat, so we do have food. Problem. Yeah. But what's funny about the tea is we would. I think we would go through. Even the ones that, like, there's there are boxes of tea in this room that you and I both hate. Yeah, it's like there's no way you and I are going to drink either one of I those. I think what we need to start doing is when, so we're hosting tea later, yeah, when people yeah. come in, we need to really sell those teas we hate. Yeah, our, our, uh, our showcase tea of the day is the... Blueberry. Blueberry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, it sounds better than it is. I got it. I gotta say, I wish yeah. it was better than it was. I like a good blueberry, but we should do that though. Let's showcase a tea we hate. Yeah, or maybe just like don't because usually anyone. we just kind of open the open the pantry and let people kind of pick what they want. I'm looking at the pantry up here right now. Yeah, uh, maybe we don't do that. Maybe we just get out the teas that we don't like. <laughs> it's like those are your options, you know, and see mm -hmm. uh, see what people kind of go for. That's it. That'd be a good. Well, we, let's try it out. And we try it. I wonder if anybody would actually come up to us and say, "Do you have anything else?" <laughs> You don't have anything else, do you? We could do it. We we could 
we could run it as a let's 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 experiment with a shared experience. Right. We're all having blueberry tea. I'm not surprised. I'm I'm a little surprised that we haven't actually done a little more work on this. Like each each time we host tea, do a count and see what the more popular teas are. Yeah. Do a little before or after. You know, see what people really like. You know, we're headed that. I mean, what happens when two researchers? Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> of course, we're going to do that. Um, send that off to send that off to the journal. Send it off to Science or Nature or the. It just speaks to chronicle, like chronicle of higher education. You know? It speaks to us though, because like you want to do counts, like you want a spreadsheet. Like, yeah, right. I've seen you work a spreadsheet. It's delightful. But me, like, I want to be like, what are your tasting notes? Like, yeah, I'm right. clearly the qualitative researcher. That's why all this, this works so well, Sherry. Yes. That's why all this works so the well. The yin and yang. Yeah, that's why all it yeah. works so well. Um, we were talking about um, work-life balance about 60 or 70 episodes. I have no idea what episode <laughs> it was. But we had talked about this before in the sort of um, in the context of the phrase working for the weekend, mm. if you remember that. Yeah, I yeah. do remember and, that. And um, I, mean, I have no idea what episode that was. No. And I'm in the now. Yeah, I'm in the now. And <laughs> and like how much it's like I hate that phrase. You know, it's like every, I'm, I'm just kind of doing all the stuff. and Yay, Friday. Woo. And go home and do something else for a couple of days. And then by Sunday midday, I too am like, you start kind of looking at the watch. It's like, yeah, I got yeah. Five more hours of weekend, and then I'm going to go to bed and wake up and be back in it. But um, that doesn't necessarily feel like a bad thing for me no. anymore, you know? And um, it, like, and we say this like every episode, how do you get to that point? It's like, well, you have all the things that you dread about Monday morning doing at work, and you don't do those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, so on, this is a good activity for Sunday afternoon. It's like, okay, so Monday, what are the things that I, I really just don't want to have to do? Yeah. And if in our in our job, right, in our profession, if the answer is teaching, mm-hmm. it might be time for, <laughs> might be time to start working on your LinkedIn, you know? It might be time to start thinking of what else, what else, what else do you like? What else right. do you like, you know? Um, it's never been that for me. You know, I always found sort of respite in the classroom. I've always really in, enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, it's interesting because I think I have had times where the te- where the classroom wasn't the respite for me. Right. Um, there have been times I've been disappointed with that. It's like I was really hoping this was going to be a respite, but this is not going that way today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've had that experience. I've had recently. a couple. Of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not in lecture so much, right? And yeah. Uh, but uh, but uh, it's just yeah, it's, it happens. Lab it happens is every, a complicated yeah, thing. Yeah, lab's complicated. It happens to everybody once in a while. Yeah, but. Yeah, I don't um, – teaching – what I found helps me love my teaching is really getting honest about what I hate about teaching. Yeah, right. Right? Um, and I don't think I let myself do that for a long time. And I think that's – it's hard to admit the things you hate. Yeah. For me, right? Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if more people – Right. Like, for the longest time, like, the hardest thing about grading was, or teaching, was grading. I hated it because I hate evaluating and judging my students. I still hate it. I do, too. Um, But part of what I've decided is, so what I hate about it is having to judge and critique and and ultimately re-traumatize students through the grading process. Like, I don't think... Most of the time, traditional grading structures are equitable 
or inclusive yeah, or, right. or meet with the rest of what my class does. Right, right, right. So I finally got to a point with, with it where I'm like, well, what if I just didn't do it this way? Right? Like, yeah. um, so a lot of what I do in my class is labor-based, which is a big teaching movement in this in education, yeah, right? Right. Um, but I also give a lot of second chances and third chances. And um, and so removing the thing that I hated most was one bad night, because a lot of times that's what it is. One right, bad night right. destroying a student's success in my class. Right. I hate that. Right, right. So I'm not going to do it anymore. So I don't. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but for me, that was the worst part of teaching. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. What's the worst part for you or what has been in the past? I think it's actually the sitting down and doing of it. Mm. it it's just like, I, I haven't quite sort of gotten contact it with the, the real, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the real nuance of, um, so I sit down and I open canvas and I go to the grade book and I click on the speed grader and I say, oh, you know, um, distractions are easily found. Yeah. That pulled me away from that. It's like, it took me five hours to grade that assignment, not because it took me a long time to grade it. It's like of those five hours, I was only doing it for like 45 minutes. <laughs> but yeah. it's like every, every after I did, you know, would grade three or four and then I would, God knows what, you know, right. distract my, find myself having a really good reason to read the, the new yeah yeah read yeah. Uh, i do need to sweep onto the bed don't i it's been a long time <laughs> time since i've done that uh oh i need to i need to work on my uh i shouldn't be sitting down all day so i'm going to take a little bit of a walk for my heart health and then i'll come back <laughs> this is I'll, I'll find things that were that i, I don't want to do that are better to do than that and do do those but what is it like what are you what are you running a Away from. Yeah, I don't like, know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Because it's, like it's a, clearly a resistance. Oh, it totally is. Yeah. And it just, it doesn't feel good in my head. And it's it's not as well articulated as I don't like destroying the person, kind of whatever. And it's like, I just, ugh. It's like, I I enjoy the classroom experience so much. And I enjoy the, you know, the ex, the interaction and the conversation with you know, the youths mm -hmm. of today, the, you know, the inheritors of this world tomorrow, kind of whatever. Um, so much. And I get such joy out of having that interaction with the students that if I'm not doing that, I don't like, it's like that, that's what I like. You know, it's like, so it's like having the grade is the price you pay for having that. Yeah. For having that amazing classroom experience that we have. And it's, it feels more like that. It feels yeah. more like that. And um, if, you know, but I mean, part of the reason why it it built it backs up for me, teaching does, and I end up you know a couple of assignments behind with my grading is that I don't I don't do the multiple choice Scantron thing mm -hmm. for anything, you know, um, and it's like I could make this whole thing like way easier if they just circled like A B C or D and I ran it through a machine in the division office, you right. know, and I could have it done in five minutes, but it's like I, I'm not going to do that, and it's like it, it it's just not something that I'm interested in is the multiple choice test for, for that kind of stuff. Like pick the right answer out of, you know, one is correct. Uh, 
two or two of them are close. I'm going to try to trick you into putting those responses, and one of them is obviously wrong. Right. It's like I it it, it takes me longer to write a multiple good multiple choice test than it takes them to take it. So I'm going to spend three hours writing a test and I'm going to finish it in ten. How how effective can that really be? Right. So that at the end of the day, you can say that you have taught. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like this is instruction dumb. has happened. Yeah, instruction has happened. So I mean, there's such an interesting tension here though where it's like on the one hand like you refuse to do something that looks like teaching but that you know isn't effective correct right right correct but the thing that you see as better there's some sort of resistance to it and it sounds like part of it is because of the gap between the thing the sort of cold material on canvas where you're learning platform um, and the human that you are connecting with. Right. And this reminds me of one of the first conferences I ever went to after I got my master's degree was the Spillman symposium. And there was this guy and I think I remember what his name is, but I won't say it because I could be wrong, but he had, he was speaking um, and he had, the way the symposium is set up is you have three different speakers and then they go around um, and talk to the breakout groups and they, you can do Q and a, it's a great format. Um, so I went to one of these sessions and I'm, and he comes in and he's talking and he's been teaching like 30 years mm-hmm. and we're like all English teachers. And we we're like, how do you keep doing it after 30 years? And he said, I remember that behind every piece of writing is an interesting human being. Mm-hmm. And like that has really stayed with me. And I mean, it's also broken me, right? Because yeah, like if you right. remember that there's a human being behind this, then just covering it in bloody red ink doesn't work for me. Right. 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 Um, right, right. So how do I how do how do I make it so that everything I assign contributes to a relationship that I'm building with a mm-hmm. student? And if I can do that, then I can I can sit down and grade. But if it's not building a relationship, I'm not interested. I'm not grading. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, like the nuance of it is like, you know, okay, so this is worth five points. So is this a five? Do they get three for this because they left a couple of things out? Do they? So it's like I have no problem assigning work and I have no problem looking through what they submit. It's just deciding what to deciding do with what it. Deciding what to do with it. It's yeah. like I, I just don't want to grade I just don't want to grade it, you mm-hmm. know. Um Maybe the solution here is to, when they submit it, they tell me how many points they think they should get for it. Yeah, absolutely. That would make it a lot less work for me. It would. <laughs> and it, it would probably, actually, it might actually bump up there. I mean, this has been done before, I'm sure. I mean, I think, I think I've think i done something like this in the past before, but it, it, it's never really considered seriously because, oh, you can't do that, right? Then, you know. Well, because then it's a conversation starter. Um, and that's the part I like about it. So, and this is one of the reasons I grade in conference. So that, because that's what I do is I ask them in the end, like we talk about strengths, weaknesses, blah, blah, blah. And then I ask them, what grade do you think you've earned? And then I tell them whether I agree with them. But a lot of the low stakes stuff, um, I either give them full credit or I hit the resum- uh, reassign to reassign, button. yeah, reassign. And I just say, hey, I like where you're going with this, but I'd like to see X, Y, and Z. And then I kick it back to them. Yeah. And they get zero points until yeah, they I was get 100. If, yeah, I was going to ask if they, if they do a... Yeah. 
So everything I do right now is it's basically zero or a hundred. Yeah. I'm going to try that. I'm going to try that. But it's like, I'll I'll do that after spring break. It's like, I have to get caught up with grading that I have not yet done (laughs) or assigned under that sort of, sort of way. Yeah. I'll get caught up with that. So we got spring break coming up in what a week and a half. half. Yeah. Um, I'll do it after then. It's almost it's like we, goes, but I got it. It's like I, I've been suffering through this for fifty. It's like I've got to do something here. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the hardest. I think for a lot of faculty, that's the hardest part, is the the assessment part. Yeah, it's it's its own thing, um, and it's it's the part that it's never really thought about. And when you talk about, so why do you want to be a teacher? You know, and the thing of oh, you know, kind of influence the young minds of tomorrow. And it's like I love the content, and I just love talking about the stuff that I love. And oh, I just enjoy hanging out with the youths, youths, youths of of tomorrow, like and and all this stuff. When everybody says, boy, I sure do like giving tests, and I really do like to grade a whole lot of stuff. It's like nobody ever talks about that. When people talk about you know the aspects of teaching that they really like the least, or that they really suffer through and they really suffer with, it's. You know, I spent my weekend grading, catching up on grading. You know, it's it's always the post joy cleanup yeah. experience that people have that they suffer yeah. on nights and weekends. You know, that yeah, I'm gonna come to campus and hang out in my office and grade all day. I mean, who right. I've done that, but we did that in here. We, we did, did that, that in we here. did that in space at the end of the semester. We did yeah. that. Well, and I think what makes it so effective is, you know, because we're sitting at a table, in our case, you and I were sitting at a table looking at each other, um, just like we are today. Um, And so we would work. Except we were offset. That's right. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It was a diagonal. It was a diagonal situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But we would sit like this and then there... I think there was no grout to clean, right? Right. And we... we <laughs> All grout was removed from the room. Right, there's before. no grout in this room. Um, but also, we were holding the space for other people. Yeah. And so, because right. of that, like, we were like, well, we're sort of held hostage here, too. Yeah. Might as well do some work. Right. And I got a We knocked a lot out. Yeah, we knocked grading. a lot done. We knocked a lot um, out. It's almost like it probably wouldn't be the worst if we hosted something like that right after spring break or before midterms or yeah. something. Yeah. 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 That's not a bad I'm totally idea. thrown off about what time of semester I think it is because I'm it's teaching hard up here. Yeah. Well, I'm teaching only 13 week classes. So my classes started two weeks late. No. So in my mind, we're still in the honeymoon phase and now it's spring break. Oh, right. Cause you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause since you started two weeks later, it's like the first half of your Class is like five weeks long, and the second half is seven or eight weeks long. Yeah, exactly. that's, that's weird. It's yeah, like it's, a two third. It's, it's like weird. one third, two third situation. Yeah, but that's it works weird. out okay because the way I design the class, like there's there's usually like an introductory like essay that I do to like get everybody kind of on the same plate. Yeah, and then there's a larger project that I usually do after that. And right. So the larger right. project will be after the break. Right. So it's interesting. Spring break. Yeah. It's woo. so close. Woo. Yeah. So we got next week. We uh, we are committed to working. And then the week after that, we're, we're not. And we're committed to not working. Yeah, we're committed to not working. And it's currently 38 degrees. <laughs> raining. Yeah. Yay. Spring break is right around the corner. Right. Uh, so that's a, that's a struggle for me. I like it. I like the heat. Yesterday was lovely. Oh. I could do that every damn day. Yeah. I think we both like bounced around this campus with like like an energy i think because 
Yeah, I, I was feeling the spring fever pretty bad when I was in class yesterday. I yeah. mean, all of my classrooms that I have had yesterday, none of them have windows or anything like that. Yeah. So it was brutal. That is brutal. It was brutal. Um, and so uh, lab got out a little early, so it's like, go outside, get some vitamin D, go yeah. enjoy the sun. And boy, they did. We ran into how many of my students outside yesterday? Many, oh, yeah. several, yep. hanging out right in the break. But, I, get you know, sun. in some ways, I think that that um, our students need that right now in a way that I don't think they've ever needed it before. I think and you're it's, right. I think it's, you're not right. That, it's not just that they need vitamin D, though. I think they do, yeah, right? Yeah. End of winter. Um, yesterday was the first time, I think, since the pandemic. So in two years mm -hmm. that I felt the energy of being on a college campus. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, there was that little lull in co that little COVID lull between uh, Delta and Omicron, where it started to get whoop, nope, Omicron, right? Where it's, it shot up hard uh, for for Omicron, but and it was starting to feel a little, little less terrifying around all the time. But yeah, uh, yeah yesterday was like, yeah, yesterday. okay, so it, it does actually feel a little bit. Well, it's just walking around campus. Nice. I saw we ran into how many of our kids, right? right. Just running into students that we know, who we love working with. And yeah, it just, it really reminded me of how much I love being on a college campus. Yeah, and I think I actually made the statement when after we ran into the second batch of, of our students and had a delightful uh, interaction with them. It's like, this is the best part of this job. Yeah. You know, this is the best part of this job. It is. Is, you know, when you actually are able to have a, a classroom environment and um, a relationship as teacher or student in place where when you run into them on campus, they they actually like flag you down when they see you and they sort of light up when they see you in the cafeteria yeah. and then they, yeah, hey, Dr. Fitzgerald, what's going on? Right. <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, it warms the heart, even this cold and bitter, you know, Grinch-like one over here. Are you talking about me? Me. I was talking oh. about me, but I don't think that's true for either one of us, to be I, honest. Yeah, I was but, like... If anything, it's more true of me. It warms my even more my, my pre warmed heart even more. Um, yeah. What a joy though! What a joy to run into your kids on campus outside having a nice day though. It's like just stay out here and have a good time. You know, it's yeah. it's been a rough couple of years. It has been. Just right? go outside. It really and has been. And talk I, about dumb shit and lay around and yeah. Well, find that, a spot of grass and just sort of chill. You know, grab something to eat. Yeah, because to me, like, that is such, like, when I think about my first two years of college and, like, the memories that were most profound for me, like, a lot of it was just sitting around, like, eating food, being outside with, you know, with with dear, dear friends, yeah, right? right? Like, the, you know... Um, and I'm not going to launch into like, oh, my college years, those were the best friends I ever will have because some of them I don't talk to yeah, anymore. Yeah, you still talk to two of them, right? I do. <laughs> I do still talk to two of them. Um, but Not because they're awful. It's like, hey, man. Well, I'm married to one of yeah, them. Yeah, you're married so to one, right? Out, time right? goes by. Uh, my you know. brother is, you know, related to me, so I see him from yeah, time like to time. I could reach out and start conversation with 30 or 40 of them. Yeah. But hey, that's true for everybody. But it's just, you know, those moments of... Um, the can, and we, I think we've been feeling this as we've been hosting tea and just having people here, the, the moments of serendipity and, um, 
connection that just happened from randomly being together on campus. Yeah, we were talking about that quite a bit, though, you know, recently. I mean, just the 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 serendipitous, random, mutually beneficial interactions that have happened. Yeah. Just from having, having tea, mm-hmm. you know, have been a reminder, I think, that, you know, I, I may have overspoken the other day when I said, I think that that is the big, that is the biggest thing that was lost with COVID and, and remote teaching and everybody sort of going home and nothing happening on campus is like, because you never really paid it, you never really pay attention to those little inter- micro interactions that we have that solve our problems. Yeah. But so it's like, so you teach them from home, why the exhaustion, right? And there are a lot of you know, common things that get evoked here, invoked like, well, it's hard to separate work and life when you're, you know, when you're in the same place and well, there's kids and dogs and all of these things are true. Right. All of these things are absolutely true. But it's like all those, all those little problems that got solved through random convenient interaction, you were left on your own. Mm -hmm. Right. So every single, every single need that you had that used to get solved by itself without really thinking about it was front and center on your plate. And now you actually had to do something about it. Mm -hmm. And you actually had to search her and you had to spend time on it. And before it just sort of solved itself before you actually knew it was something that had to get, had to get done. Right. So that certainly is one of those unseen things that just like added to the plate of, why do I feel exhausted all the time? It's like you're responsible for every single aspect of your job, you know, the, even in, including now the ones that are not solved through serendipity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I mean, so, you know, today's a good example. Like we were walking over from, yeah, we are right. Right. We were walking from uh, this building to your, where your office is on the way we ran into another colleague um, and she just randomly mentions like, oh, I'm not sure what I'm going to do in my class today. And so I just throw out a thing I like doing in the class. Mm. Who knows whether she does it, but like just that moment to connect with someone as they're thinking about what does today look like in the classroom, yeah. right? Um, and then, you know, we run into like Katie, the lab manager, biology folks, yeah, right? Biology folks. I would never have a conversation with, yeah. right? Um, on a normal day, why would I talk to a biologist? Okay, I talk to one literally every day, but um, just getting out of those silos. Yeah, but, but one of which was the lab manager who was like, what are you going to do in lab next week? And it's like, we would have had to have that conversation probably on email. Yes, it's exactly. Like, Check, conversation done. Right, you and know? then your other and, and colleague. Then, yeah, we yeah, ran into another like, one who well, talked to you. <laughs> yeah, he did. But he also, like, he's also doing the same thing. He's he's approaching lab the same way. And so she was able to get that information from both of you Yeah. in that short yeah, time. Yeah, right. And I ran into a student who wanted to, who was looking for an advising meeting, which we're doing tomorrow at 10. Perfect. So it's like... It, was she waiting for you? We had, like, she just she just got out of class. Oh, okay. And so was there was this, you know, are we meeting today? Are we meeting tomorrow? Because we, we have to have a little advising. It's time for her to start applying for transfer. Ah. And uh, we bounced her on three or four different dates, but ne- nobody actually put anything on a calendar. calendar. Or anything. Okay. There had been no actual communication about it. We're meeting tomorrow at 10. Um, so Perfect. So that's what, four different Four different people that people, we interact yeah, with. Yeah, it was like all we were looking for is the cable that connects that camera to that laptop, mm-hmm. right? Is only, yeah. is actually the only thing that we were going over there for. Yeah. And my office got cleaned up a little bit because I couldn't it find did. the damn thing. It did. And uh, that would have been five separate things that would have had to happen independently. <gasps> 
I also, all of which would have taken time that were yeah. knocked out. And we walked by CJ. And remember and that we were going to have a conversation, have a conversation with, with CJ. I also counted, speaking of the, so that makes it five. Five. Right? Um, another thing of which I counted five of is there are at least five Paul I, items of clothing in your office. Yeah. I can, which I find I fascinating. Could, I don't have to, I could show up uh, on Monday and just wear office clothes until Friday. <laughs> Never wear the same thing twice. It's like, right. how do I have so much clothes in my office? It's like, it's nuts. Well, and a lot of it's like, well, like you, I, I a am sweater, still- a hoodie. You have like a, a Nova, uh, a Nova pullover. pullover. Yeah, Leanne gave me that from Student Life. I still Life. don't have one. Well, you know Leanne. Just ask her on Friday. Talk to her on Friday. Well, I tried to yell at her from the computer because I was on when she <laughs> delivered it. But alas, I, I will yell at her on Friday. Yeah, yell at her on Friday. We're seeing her on Friday. Otherwise, I'm just going to go break into your office and steal yours. That yeah, would be fine, too. Yeah, yeah. You're not wearing it. You got plenty of others. I got plenty of others, right, on any given day. But, I mean, I, I can't mix, you know, black and gray with browns and tans. So, you know, there's some color coding that has to go into this. Hmm. <laughs> okay. So that's, that's totally mix and match. And the white honors hoodie doesn't really go with anything that I really have. No. Much to, it, it doesn't go. It, it's it's something to be worn by those under the age of 25, yeah. I think. Yeah. But I mean, that doesn't a pinch of this. It's like emergency clothing. Yeah. Well, bit. I wore some of the emergency clothing yesterday. Yeah. We yeah, also, because yeah. <laughs> you have one of your vests is one over the, here. The honors vest is over here. Um, and I wore a short sleeve shirt and a blazer. And it's hard to keep the right temperature in these. Well, that's what we were talking. It's like we get these wild swings and it's like, who knows what it's going to be like, yeah. you know, from one day to the next yeah. around here. So I snuggled up in your. Yeah, up in the, up in the honors vest. In the honors vest. Like yeah. old times. I it's have a, my own honors it's a nice, vest. Yeah, it's a nice vest. It's, it's, yeah. we, we spared no expense on those from a couple of years ago to get yeah. a bunch of those. They're pretty nice. But I think it's good to wear clothes that show that. We're proud of this place. We are you proud know? of this place. Um, you know, I I really do love where I work. Yeah, um, I do too. And I think that's one of the reasons I want to do so much work here is because um, I know I know a lot of people aren't at that place in their work life. Um, but regardless of where they are, right? Exactly. Regardless exactly of where right. they are. Um, and there have been. It, it's kind of like. 15 years in any kind of relationship, right? Yeah. Like, so I've been in this relationship with my employer for 15 years and we've had good times and we've had bad times. Um, but I've decided that I'm committed to the marriage, right? Like, yeah, right. You know? right, 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 right. So, um, and so. It's too much work to start something else at this right? time, at this what point, are, right? What am so, I going to do? Start dating a new college? Yeah, like, come on. No, come on. Um, but yeah, it is. So I think part of it, and we've talked about this Getting to the point where we have real um, engagement and authentic connection um, in a way where we can thrive in this job, that's a process. Yeah, that takes a while. It, it takes, takes a while a to while. do that. Um, yeah. It really takes a while to do that. I was listening to a podcast yesterday that was talking about this decision-making thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, when is it, when is it time to cut and run? Versus where you're spending your energy to stay. Yeah. And it's like, if you know you're going to be miserable here for another year or for however long, right? And you're not sure if it's worth it to go somewhere else. Because if you go somewhere else, you're going to have to start over again mm -hmm. and you don't know anybody. And so there's a burn-in period and who knows how that's going to go. It's like, 
but you know you you can guarantee that you're miserable now and you yeah. can guarantee you're going to be miserable in a couple of years from now right it's pro- you know you don't know if this new thing is going to work out with 100% certainty but 50% might be enough to make it worth it to go yeah right and and so it's like how do you actually find yourself at that point when it's time to time to pop mm-hmm. and go over to something else versus stay and it's like right now it's like i'm i'm pretty assured with a high degree of confidence that um, if I left here to go somewhere else, I would not have the opportunities and joy in relationships that I have here. So it's like mm-hmm. it's a non-starter for me, mm-hmm. which is a great place to be. You know, not Absolutely. only not only being you know I, I don't hate Mondays, and you know yeah. I do love my job, um, and that is great. And like having that and knowing that, um, and. And that being enough to not want to risk losing it for something that might be something somewhere else. Right. It's like, I'll give you a $10,000 raise if you do that. It's like, no, I'm good. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm good. You know, basic needs are met. Everything mm-hmm. is fine. Um, I don't dislike my job enough to, you know, step into a 50-50. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. There's not much else that another place could really offer me that I would want to to get me to go. So I I don't know what that negotiation would be, right? Because it's like we'll give you a we'll make you a dean. I'm like hell no. Yeah, I love summer. I get three months off. <laughs> yeah, I get three months. It's like I'm not going to give up on that for a mi- yeah. million years. Right. You know, it's like so then there's no you know I I, I, I it's like I, I can't imagine something that some other institution would offer me to make me leave. Here, so then, the, way, the way that it is now, the, who I am now, all that stuff. You right. Know? So then here's my question. What advice would you give someone who works at an institution such as ours mm-hmm. and who's miserable in their job? What would you tell them? Um, just like in, like, what would I tell them or what would I, what would I suggest? Like they do. What would you suggest? Or how would you, how would you offer support to that person? I would, um, invite them to, to write down the things that they do at their job. Mm. Write down the stuff you do. Um, get it on on paper, all the things that you you have to do, all the things that you're responsible for, all the things that you engage in for like a week. Uh-huh. You're teaching, there's some grading, I got this committee meeting, I have to do this other thing, I have to go to this other whatever. Get everything down, uh-huh. right? Um, scale of one to ten, what do you think of each one? On a easy versus hard or a resistant versus comfortable or mm-hmm. a hate it, love it yep. kind of kind of thing. Energizing, like, draining. Yeah, let's let's get everything out in front of us and see what it actually is we're looking at. Because um, we do this thing. I mean, this is human psychology. Um, we When we go off into an, a, a place that we don't know, that we haven't been before, we don't think of all the good things. I mean, we think of the danger, mm-hmm. right? We spend most of our time thinking about the things that can sort of go wrong. And um, we might discover that there are things about our jobs that we like, and we might find that there are things that we do during the week that we don't really actually have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you probably could step down from that committee if you wanted to, just because yeah. it's like that it's time for you to spend your time doing something else. You know, it might be it might be hard to do that, but the short term struggle or pain that comes with stepping out of a out of something that that you're doing, and might be less than the suffering that you're putting yourself through for however right. long, right? But I think whatever it is that the decision ends up being, 
even if you decide to, you know what, I am as miserable as I think I am. <laughs> there's not much I can do about it. That's clarity as well, right? But I, I think having everything down on a piece of paper and list it out and, you know, just getting some sense of going through these things, how happy or miserable am I doing each one of these things? If you have all this stuff and you really see what you're doing clearly, mm-hmm. And you've and you've you still resign yourself to staying in that position. You are in that position by choice, with consent. You yeah. are deciding to stay there. And a lot of the pain and struggle I think that people have with the misery of their employer is thinking that they're there that that they're there without a choice mm-hmm. that they're that they're sentenced or resigned or just kind of stuck sort of where they are, just, you know, making that shift to realize that you are where you are by choice mm-hmm. and that you are making decisions to stay here, which is like, okay, um, even despite the difficulty here, despite that there's things about my job that I don't like, some of which I have to do and some of which maybe I don't, um, but I'm still not thrilled here, mm-hmm. but I'm going to choose to stay. Right. Park it. Right. You're choosing to be here. Right. So what are you going to do? Right. What are you going to do? And that can change a lot of stuff. Just knowing that you're actually making a decision to be here, right, can can change things. So that's what I'm. Is like I, I too, have uh, made a decision. I'm just going to stay. Mm-hmm. Here. <laughs> Great. I'm going to stay news. here, right? I'm going to stay, and uh, I'm not going to quit. And um, I've always sort of had this notion. It's like this is. I think this is the terminal stop in my professional career. It's like I, I don't anticipate applying for a job somewhere else. And it's like, I'm not going to do anything so dumb that I get fired. I'm kind of weird in the classroom, but nothing (laughs) so egregious to (laughs) result in termination. Uh, And um, so it's like, okay, I'm here and I'm here by choice. I'm staying here and and this is where I am. And that's a decision that I'm making. So how do I want this to go? Uh You know, if if I know that I'm going to be here for the next however many years, um, how do I want that to be? How do I want my relationship with this thing that is going to be a significant part of my time that's um, a big part of my life where I do get significant enjoyment from mm-hmm. and occasionally significant opposite of enjoyment challenge. from challenge. Mm-hmm. There have been some tough times, believe me, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, especially, um, th- as there are with all things. Yep. How do I want this to go, right? Mm-hmm. How do I want to handle myself through this? How do I want to... What What is the nature of the relationship I want to have with it? And when you're in that place, when you find that spot, you have more agency over what happens than you think you do. Mm-hmm. And um, not as much as as risky as we think. Right. With a lot of it as well. And it's like, what what happens if I, so there's this one thing and I've been on this committee for a long time and it's really past my time to go, but I keep doing it because if I don't do it, then nobody's going to do it. We've talked about this a million times. Right. You know, um, but they asked me to do it and uh, if I don't do it, then it just won't get done and we just can't have that. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Is that true? You know, I, I enjoy giving many of my wonderful colleagues the opportunity to take on many of the myriad responsibilities of this institution, right? I enjoy not no I, I enjoy knowing I don't have to do them all. Right. There are many other fine people here who can take on those can things. And you know yeah. what? For the things that are important that really are central to the function of this institution, they're getting done. And the things that were probably dumb or didn't have to get done anyway, or just somebody's bright idea that didn't have really anything behind it 
Well, or not being, and it's like, and that's fine too, because what we realize is that the sun still comes up in the morning, even yeah. though that thing that somebody thought was a good idea didn't happen because it probably didn't really need to happen anyway. Well, and I think part of what's interesting is like, if no one is willing to do the work, the question shouldn't be, <laughs> should I do it? The question should be, should this work get done? Yeah. What does everybody else know that Why I don't? Why are we doing yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this but, is not a, a thing that is jumping to the forefront of anybody's attention on what what is an important thing to do. Yeah. But like what I hear you talking through is like once you decide, like if you're miserable in your job and the choice is to change jobs, like, you know, that's one approach. That's right? one approach. That, and right? one that people have taken that we've Absolutely. seen over the last couple of years. Many yeah, people have yeah. taken but the other part of this is there's also if you're if you're staying or if you know you're not starting a new job tomorrow, right? So then there's what do you do with the day you do have? And I think that's where there's a lot of potential for folks to think about what agency do you have within yeah, your job? Right. What is the the life-giving parts of the job? And then also, like, what are what are the real challenge points? And, you know, you can't change the whole thing tomorrow right. unless you change jobs, right. right? But you can identify what's what's one thing that's going to make my day better today. Right. Right. And and I don't think they have to be big things like I think the way that my life changed in relationship to my own workplace, it didn't happen overnight right it happened with realizing i was going to slow down and i was going to do less and i was going to invest in people right like those those are choices nothing about my job responsibilities changed but my values of what i was going to do when i got to work like what matters to me at this place does it matter that like I end up in an administrative building with my name on the door? <laughs> I was a different lady then. Or I think I've had those admissions myself on yeah, yeah, in my but, past too. So I'm not. But a, now, like I oh, no way, yeah. no way. But but it, it was like so. What's important to me here? Um, and the more I invest in people, no. the more satisfaction I find. Right. Um, and so for me, I know connection and humanity is important. That's not going to be true for everybody. Other people are going to have different values, but right, you know, right? The the I have to, and my job has to be about. Um, it just doesn't have to be that way. No, like, it doesn't. You might not be able to choose where you have to show up, but you can choose how you show up. Of course. Yeah. Of course, I do not love one of my classrooms. Hmm. You can't show choose where you show up, but you can choose how yeah, you I can, show yeah, up. Yeah, I can't choose where I show up, but sometimes I even can. It's like, what's stopping me from submitting a classroom change request? And moving it to it was like nothing. I could do that at any time. Yeah. You know, um, so. I'm now noticing that you've been talking about that for a week. So yeah, I know. I think it's time to investigate to that. Shut up. I might do that after spring break as well. I might, I might try to get that. I might, I might roll that in as well, but. Um, you might the, be doing that this afternoon. That, yeah, that classroom is not getting any better, though. Because the other day it was like 81 degrees in that room. I'm not kidding. It was 81. It's yeah. like, this is... 
not something that can happen. So, well, but it's like, I, so it's like, but, but that's what yeah, I get burned with. Why do they put me in a stupid classroom? God, it's so hot in here. What's wrong with the HVAC? Why don't they take care of this stuff? It's like, or I could just submit a and room what's hilarious about this, a different classroom, you know, what's hilarious about this is like, I last semester, I was in a classroom that was warm and uncomfortable for like three minutes. And then you were like, you shouldn't have yeah, to right. live like this. Right, like, right. right. The dignity you- of. You went with me to scout out the new classroom and then like. Yeah, it was over. So, it was over by the next day. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was it over was by done, the next day. But. Yeah, maybe it's time I started investigating some empty rooms at that time slot to do a little room change. <laughs> yeah. There's some nice ones that have dry erase boards. Yeah. Which I really dig. My favorite, I, I like the building where you have the dry erase boards and then you scroll them to the side. And yeah, you that's the, what I got in mind. I, got a, I, got, I have oh. a couple of candidate rooms. It's like, I already know which rooms I'm going to I'm gonna put in for. Just need to find out what's available. Yeah, see what's up. When you have the advantage, at least for one of your classes, of only meeting once a week. Yeah, that wear. room does have windows. That's a pretty decent room. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm all right with that room. Yeah. So. See, it's the other one that's like, oh, there's, everything is wrong with this room. Yeah. Hmm. So, pivoting, again, pivoting again, starts know, with acknowledging. I think it does. You what, have to. It's like what's, what's in happening? front of you. Yeah, yeah, what is actually happening here? And when I when I get to my classroom is awful. No, I really actually can do several things about that mm-hmm. that address and solve this problem very very quickly, easily, and efficiently. Um, what I have to give up is the. Uh, addiction to adrenaline Mm. of bitching about it all the time and feeling like, you know, uh, a sense of egoic self-importance about how I deserve a better blah, blah, blah. I can blow myself up with ego by complaining about the classroom I have and how I shouldn't have to suffer that. It's like, that's great. And it feels good to complain in the very, very short term, what would feel better is if I had a better classroom that mm-hmm. I could easily do at any time. Yeah. Right. It, it, it's like you're eating lunch and you can, it, it feels good to complain about the chicken for half an hour. It's like, or you could just like get this other thing that's yeah. like really, really good. And you could like, how do you want to spend your time? Yep. You know, I can complain for three hours a week for the next 10 weeks, or I can spend five minutes doing a room change request mm-hmm. and the problem is solved. So I, this reminds me of... Why do we um, spend so much time over here, though? That's my Well, because it's question, habitual, you know? right? Yeah. And it's even cultural. It, does, it feels good in the very short term to feel indignity. Yes. Well, and I mean, it is, it's super, like, built into culture, right? Yeah. Like, that is, I, like, I can guarantee you at some point during the time that we're going to host an event in this room later... Um, someone is going to take uh, the opportunity to bitch about something and others are going to join them. Yeah, of course. Of course. Right? Like that's going to be what happens. Um, But, and this is why, like I came up with, what did I call it? The saber method. Yeah. We need to go back to that. We do. Um, It's like a, how to stop your bitching in right. five not so easy steps. Yeah, right. Five <laughs> five emotionally intensive steps. <laughs> but it I mean it's liberating to to sit with um and we won't go through it today because I wouldn't do a good job with it. Um but or maybe I would, but I would judge myself. Um so we're not gonna do it. It sounds like we're gonna do this later. Sounds like it. Um but like the the steps that it's designed to get you to slow down, recognize what what role this thing really plays in your life and how you want to yeah, relate right, to it. Right. Do you want, can you be with it 
or do you need to make action? Right. And like that discernment work um, is not, doesn't feed that endorphin run of like, oh yeah, I love to like, you know, sit in the filth of my own indignation. Yeah, who wants that? Well, we love it. It feels good. It feels really good, like at the time for a little bit. It's like the chronic habit of that through time, though. Yeah. Builds resentment. Right. And the the thing about it is it's the the resentment for a place or for a career or for a job or whatever it is that builds in time with that when when sitting in it. Um each, each time that is felt through time, I think it adds a little bit of like a little teaspoonful of of vigor to just like this overall life dissatisfaction. Yeah. You know, that is more of this general felt sense of things just suck. Yeah. You know, and it's like when, because we, we do this, it's like we, we sort of bring your, I do this a little, maybe a little more than you do when, because uh, I'm a little more in, in the, in, in people's face about it. They're like, because everybody's miserable. It's like, I am not miserable. I am not miserable one damn bit. Right. I, so just so you know, when you make that statement about how everybody's miserable, that is not a true statement. Yeah. I am not miserable one damn bit. Are things easy? Yeah. A lot of the times they are. Is everything easy? No. A lot of times they're not, right? And a lot of times they're not. But um, I'm not going to sit around and bitch all day about no. shit that I can actually do something about. Well, or really about the things that I really can't because I realize the things that I really can't do anything about, I'm still actively making a decision to do that. Right. Well, and I think the the culture of complaint, which we've talked about on this podcast yeah, right. before, but that culture, I think it comes from a positive place. I really do. I it think does. It, it does. comes from a desire for connection, right? You get a bunch of people in a room together. They want to find a way to connect to each other. They want to find a way to get away from awkward silence. So what do they do? What's easiest? Well, what was shitty in your day? Yeah, right? right. And so one thing that I think might help communities change culture is giving them like we have plenty of destructive ways of connecting. Right. Right. Can we inject constructive ways of engaging, constructive ways of connecting into a space? Um that's the question. Yeah, right? that's the question. Um, but I, and and so I think it has to do with being really responsible space holders. No, I was going to say, I think that's what you and I try to do a lot of. We do. Here is to. Yeah. Well, because I can always tell when we're in a space and you and I, like, we try not to get on the bitching train. Right. Right. But I think we can both see each other, like, with a foot up on the platform, right? And be like, ooh. And then how do we... When it, when it starts, we start giving each other these looks. It's like, do you want to shut this down? Is this, is this where we're going? So right. we, have a, we have permission slips over there that we give out at some of our events. Yeah. Maybe we need a, like a permission to bitch form where it's like you have to get a thing. You have to fill it out. Then you can use it. Yeah. One time. <laughs> and then you have to... Right. A citation a for... A little citation, right. Indulgent bitching. Put a dollar in the... In the in, we in can the, make some money. We, we could fund this center. Retire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, and so I've been thinking a lot about, you know, I used to think structured activity and gatherings was so cheesy. Um, and maybe it is. I don't care. Um, I think having things that people collaborate on um, that get them outside that routine 
um, especially in the in the spaces of open dialogue where there's nothing else like, well, what's going on with you? Um, if people don't have something to offer there, right? they go to complain. So, you know, how do we give people different things to offer? That's one reason I like tea, because if nothing else, you can shift towards what kind of tea did you choose today? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. So. Right. Um, so we can start with tea. Let's. We can't title the podcast that, though, because no. it was last week's. We can end with tea. We can end with that. Um, one of the I, I've said this to folks many times before, though, because I feel like one of the things that you and I do that makes our day and career and life and work and everything so joyful is we, I, I say we cheat. We do cheat. You know, we're cheaters. Um, we, we totally game the system mm-hmm. in our own favor a lot of ways. And it's like those really hard emails that we've been doing when to send, it's like the other person writes them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all I have to do is send it. I don't have to actually write that. <laughs> right. So it's like, we don't put the, the suffering and the pain of that onto somebody else. We don't put it onto anyone. We send it up into the universe say, you can take that back and I'm just going to get the same thing done. Yeah. But, you know, find somebody else who, you know, finds the same values and that you do and that, that wants to find joy in what they do and buddy up and, you know, it's like, we're going to work on this together. What do you say? And yeah. set some, set some guidelines and a framework and, and go, Yeah. you know? So, I mean, that's, I mean, that like, if, if you really are miserable at your job, um, and I can only speak to community college higher ed with this, I think it's like, yeah. find somebody who you resonate with. Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Yeah. yeah. And and kind of like, okay, these are what I really feel. I'm going to work on this thing. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to do just this. And I'm going to, might have to say some uncomfortable no's to, to be able to funnel that, you know, and, you know, work together on it with somebody mm-hmm. else. And it's like, you wouldn't believe how much it can happen there. Yeah. And what doors might open and what avenues might be be able to be walked through with with that so it's like i think i feel like we cheat because it's like are we cheating because <laughs> it's like i because a lot of the things that that a lot of folks you know are finding really difficult you know we sort of sidestep sort of around them it's like we don't try to power through them it's like we kind of Woo-hoo. Yeah. Kind of do a little you know there's a lot of dancing yeah a little little juke yeah. you know to the left and uh and uh, miss the tackle. Well, I think that this is, it's an interesting phenomenon in maybe American education, this idea of the lone academic. Yeah. Right. Um, I think we finally got to a place where we, there's no reason for us to solo author any of the work we do. Right. Um, and I just think that there's so much freedom in that. Um, now I think, you know, I will say, I think, I've worked with other people. It took me a while to find the right person to yeah. sidestep the the drama with. Yeah, right? I don't want to get tackled either. So, <laughs> it's like, by the drama, it's like no, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to ev- I'm trying to evade the drama myself. Yeah, well, and I think that it, you know our collaborations work because we have similar values. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 totally. And so we're able to navigate those together. Um, but yeah, I think. Academia isn't a thing to navigate alone. Right. And that might be one of the reasons that it's okay and maybe even important that we let this podcast be about our academic work. Right. Right. Because, um, yeah, because this isn't 
It's not work to do alone. It's not. You know, I, we've both made this offer to people before, though, where you're like, oh, I have to really hard the email. I have to write. And it's like, oh, we can write that for you. Yeah. And they say no. And I was like, are you sure? Because you it's could a have a great offer. You could have this done in like five minutes. And you don't, you don't have to think about it. You just have to hit the send button. It's like, are you sure? Yeah. I don't know why people say no to that. I don't either. Because <laughs> like, I, I don't think they think that this, that's something that could actually happen. I know. We'll have to build this into our um, compassionate refusals class. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll give people vouchers. Yeah. So that's one. That's one thing that, that somebody can do. It's like, you know, this is the this is the email you have to write. This is how you have to send it. Um, uh, turn to the person on your left and have them write the email for you. Yeah. Have someone else say no. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Have you know have have somebody else write it for you. Yeah. That's the way to do it. It is. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think I do think the more we've done that kind of thing, the me getting to watch you write my nose or whatever the thing is, like I can see the moves you make, and then it's it's easier for me to do it myself the next time because it looks like NVC. It's like I'm going to state an observation, tell you, (laughs) I'm going to say how it feels. I'm going to say what the need is, and I'm going to make a request, and I'm going to hit send, and like done, perfect. Yep. Yeah. I don't know the kid, so who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I do, but I mean, you appreciate that it's done. The student in the long run is going to appreciate that it's in the inbox. Problem solved. I mean, what's all the, done? Yeah. You know, it's all done. Yeah. That's, if I had, if we had figured this out earlier, well, we could. I'm have. just happy that we figured it. It's Me like, too. Not Me too. Dwell on the past. <sighs> Yeah. Uh, what should have been. Stay with the present. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm, it's very, very easily for me to be glad that that's something that we do now in the way that we do that. I mean, we don't all write all of each other's emails, you know, but just sometimes they get kind of challenging. It's like, can you write this one for me? Uh, a lot of people never figure that out. So I'm glad that we did. So it's like, me I'm too. totally fine with it. Yep. I'm totally fine with it. Yeah. Cool. And even it, like the other thing that this does is sometimes uh, if you're not around, I ask myself, like, what would Paul say in this email? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, sometimes that's nice, right? Like, hmm. Everybody needs a, we need to get a little, everybody needs a little Paul and a little Sherry on their shoulders. To, yeah. I don't know if that's true. But. I mean, I <laughs> think we're delightful. Um, uh, we'll retitle it's, it's, this podcast, Paul and Sherry, on your shoulders. Yeah, yeah. It's a way that we found that works for us, you know, and, yeah. and for what we're doing. So I think, and, and part of, and it's not that coming to those conclusions or these processes were easy, you know, but I think coming up with something that works to minimize the pain and suffering of a workplace, if there is any aspect of your work, workplace that is pain and suffering, it's like, be creative with how you approach these things. You yeah. don't have to suffer through things. You know, again, it starts with like, what do you actually do? And, you know, and taking how the day is spent and making what you're doing a choice, mm-hmm. even if it is the choice to stay. Yep. You know, you've made a choice and that's like, okay, now that I've made a decision and I used agency to stay here, how do I want this to go? And I think that can open all kinds of different doors. So too. Cool. Yeah. So if a listener is listening to this and they're like, oh yeah, you'll just write my my hard email. Um, should they send us an email? Absolutely. Yeah. Where do they send that? Uh, the Paul and Sherry pod at gmail.com. Dot com. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Just 
uh, kick me over a little bit of a situation or a description, either one of us, and yeah, we can knock something out for you. Yeah. We've talked about this. We want to post some templates. You know, we it's should. like just copy and paste. It's like, yeah. But that's what the students do when they cheat. It's like, yeah, sometimes, and you should do it too. Yes. Right? <laughs> well, the difference is we will put our templates under a Creative Commons yeah, license. Yeah, Creative Commons license. Ad- no attribution adapt, necessary. Yeah, as you need fit. Yeah, as you need that's fit. a good idea. Perfect. So, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we would love it if we hear some. Uh, what's a hard email that? How do you how do you write this thing and yeah. just use it? Especially if it's the ones that pop up a lot, right? Like yeah. we talked about this recently for us, especially this time of year. Um, I get a lot of requests for letters of recommendation. I wish I could write them all. I can't. Right. right. Yeah. Um, right. And so you know the template for how do you graciously say you can't help with a ask like that. Yeah. Um, having it like I have a template for what that no sounds like. Yeah. So I mean, it's like uh, I've, I've written the same email forty-five times. It's like you writing it each time. It's like just write it once. <laughs> Change There's the a name. reason your right, fine yeah. computer has copy and paste. Right. Right. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Cool. Exactly. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Paul. Awesome. Thank you, Sherry. All right. Cool. Uh, we'll talk to everybody soon. Mm-hmm. And uh, have a wonderful day. Yeah. Bye. Bye.